On this episode of the Gnostic Deluge, we're finishing up what we started last episode as we cover the second half of Arnold Bennett's How to Live on 24 Hours a Day. Arnold showed us that we have time that we don't use productively as we are wrapped up in our daily work. Now it's time to take back some of that precious time and start to develop, control, expand, and explore our mind and begin to make the most of all 24 hours a day. Enjoy! Okay, Brandon. Greetings, Mark. We're back. <laughs> so, so uh, okay. Now we're gonna we're starting on the second uh, part. It's about halfway through. It the is book, about too. halfway. So pretty much. So in the of of uh, Arnold Bennett's How to Live on Twenty Four Hours a Day. So we spent a lot of time figuring out where the heck do we have extra time to do this because we're so busy working. Yeah. And the first thing that everybody says is when when any kind of conversation comes up about you should use your time better is I don't have any time. Yeah, it's like, well, where am I going to fit that in? It's crazy how people, and I say this admitting that I've said this before too, okay? But cause I've recently, I, I love how every, every other sentence I say is almost like this. I recently talked to someone. Okay. Brand, I think Brand is a, just a professional liar. What if have you ever known people like that that just lie all yeah, the time? Yeah, definitely. Brandon, you've got a problem. Okay, so I was talking. I won't even like say somebody. I was talking. No, to my it's wife. fine. I was talking to my wife the other day about this, and and sorry, but the thing is, she was literally she was saying like I don't I don't have time for anything else. And I'm like, yeah, you do. And she goes, no, I don't. I don't have time. Show me where. Show me where. I'm like, well, I. And she started getting all like, you know, like passionate fervor. Her fervor started coming out, right? Her ardu she became ardu. arduous about it. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's the correct way no, to use it. No, it's not. It's not. But anyways, but keep uh, trying, Brandon. I don't want to try anymore. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think that it's very common. It's and I, I, I think it's a little. My whole point was like, people really believe. They really believe. It's like, no, I have, I have no time. Yeah. Well, you kind of have a little bit. Well, no, that's, I have none. I have none. I think I think that's what's his name. What what he showed us is that you know what? Maybe on the way into work, you got a little time to. What are you doing? You're driving or you're on the commute. Yeah. Guess what? There's a little time there. Yeah. And then, hey, in the evening, yeah, you got stuff to do. You got to eat dinner. But how much after you know after work? Yep. And, the, you know, and I think I, uh, in the modern thing is uh, we can get lost once we get home. There's too much scrolling. noise. Yeah, there's too much noise. There's too many things that want our attention that's like ask asking for us to look yeah. at it. And to, yeah. Yeah. We can get, we're just getting, we're getting distracted. And he's like, hey. So basically, he's like, what Oz I'm asking is you say an hour and a half. Asking an hour and a half of that that six hour period after work, yeah, for you to if three days a week, not even all, every day. So you I, know where you take an hour and a half and say, okay, this I'm going to set this side time aside. 
yeah for this and i just wanted to say thank you to arnold bennett because now he's opened that up now we can move forward yeah now what are we going to do with that seven and a half yeah so hours? that that's the big thing is that's a big question on everyone's lips they're going what do i do with that time yeah so we're going to answer that but first i'm going to try a little something that brandon just popped on me popped out of his pulled out of his bag and he's like oh yeah i'm gonna drink a mountain dew i got one in my bag and he's yeah. like i go is it a regular mountain dew or a special mountain dew he's like it's a regular one also he pulls out this mountain dew i thought you meant like special like something like really new or something <laughs> mountain dew zero sugar major melon so the thing is i i try not to drink any sugar in my i try to drink zero sugar if i drink a soda I want it to be zero sugar, right? Yeah. Or at the very, very worst, it's like diet. Yeah. Which is the same thing in a way. Yeah. But the thing is, is like I can't find the regular. Is they're they're getting harder to find. But I, I'm always seeing these other flavors. So you're just like, I'm going for that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, so this is major melon. It's dew charged with watermelon. Wow. And it's got a sweet like these little, like evil little army melons on it they're like having a war anyway let's try this so he and he he happened to have two also also i'm like yeah he's like you want one? you want it and i was like no i don't want to drink yours and he's like i might have another one in my bag he pulls out he reaches in pulls out a second one yeah and I, that's the one i'm just about I to have... okay major melon let's see yeah it might might not be as cold as i thought it was but oh well Yep, watermelon. There you, there you go. I'm partial to do myself, but yeah, me too. This is a. It's like basically tastes like a watermelon soda. Yeah. Yeah. Like if a uh, Jolly Ranchers. There you go. That's a good way to look at it, right? I like Jolly Ranchers. Had a had a soda. Just the watermelon Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, yeah, I like those. So it probably actually you're right. It probably would be like if it was. Um, if it was uh cold, it might be even like better. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna start off, and we haven't been in the last episode. We didn't mention chapters, but this is like about halfway through the book. Yeah. Chapter six. It's the chapter called "Remember Human Nature." Yeah. And he starts off basically saying, "Hey, man, you get your weekend. You've worked for it." So he's saying, and he keeps, he calls it the forty four hours. Yeah, between leaving business on two p.m. on Saturday and returning ten a.m. on Monday, because they work six days a week. Anyway, yeah, that's why that's where you get the, that's where you got the uh, they work on Saturdays. Yeah, from back then at least. Yeah, because the whole weekend thing didn't even exist. Back in the day. Yeah. You know, it was basically Sundays off. For church. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the only reason you get... And you had to go to freaking church. What kind of weekend is that? Yeah, I'm, yeah I don't like... Nobody it. was working for the weekend then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, if you were a... That's if, why... Oh. He, he he mentions... Uh, he A few times in his book, he mentions Herbert Spencer. Yeah. And he likes Herbert Spencer. Mm-hmm. Herbert Spencer was like, I think he was like an evolutionist, right? Yeah, he's the one that, that actually coined the phrase 
survival of the fittest. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure if he did or not. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, people always say it for Darwin. what's his name. Yeah, but Herbert Spencer is the one that. So, so if he was such a big Herbert Spencer fan, he might not have gone to church on Sunday, right? Yeah, probably Arnold Bennett. And so because of that, I'm only saying this in a time period well, 1908. Saying, wait, are you saying that that evolution's not compatible with religion? No, what I'm actually it was like a I think it was a Catholic priest that was the one that came up with the whole evolutionary. Thing. I believe it. I believe it. I'm just saying I don't think that he. Uh, I see, I see bang, evidence that bang. he didn't spend time on Sundays going to church. Yeah. So he had that 44 hours where others were like, oh, well, I have to go to church on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, this is, this, yeah, this is like modern, you know, industrial England, and they probably had a... Yeah, who is that guy we that we're quoting, which it wasn't even from England, but um, what was his name? Harry... Potter? No. Prince Harry? No, the guy from Atlas Shrugged, the railroad builder. Oh, Harry Reardon? Reardon. Henry. He Henry Reardon. Yeah, Hank he definitely Reardon. was the same kind. Of, I can imagine him like Yeah. You know. Like, I'm gonna make the best steel out there. Reardon steel, I'm gonna call it. <laughs> <laughs> Reardon metal. <laughs> oh man. You know, I I can see why like Anne Anne Rand gets such a bad rap because her like I said, her characters are just like you're just like these people are like so, so boring. well. They're just like so like I don't know, unreal. Yeah, yeah. All right. If but, you, if you if that was a if that was a little uh, off topic, we mentioned Atlas Truck last episode. Okay. Okay. So, so he's. Oh yeah. No, they listened to our last episode. No, they don't listened to it. Of course, that, that. we don't. Don't even, saying, don't even hey, assume that, guys. He's like, you know what? If if. Anyway, uh, he says, confine your formal program, and he goes, super program, I mean, because this mm. is, your formal program is... Yeah, that's for your work and stuff. Yeah. Or not, it's for your, like, um, your primitive sleep. Yeah, your your animal yeah. kind of, yeah. your basic, but this is a super program. I like that. To six days a week, he's the same. Yeah. You know? If you find yourself wishing to extend it, extend it, but only in proportion to your wish and count the time extra as a windfall, not as regular income. He's like, if you want to get more, if you want to do more, do it, but don't, this is that ardor Mm -hmm, that he was talking about and where it's like, but don't like say, okay, now I need to do it all the time like this. He's saying... Just look at it as a little something extra. And he says, now, let us see where we stand. Half an hour at least on six mornings a week. Okay. Maybe maybe if if we're doing it the modern workday, five days. Sure. You know, half an hour. It we, doesn't, you, doesn't, so it just ends up being seven days. Yeah. And one hour and a half on three evenings a week. That's the in the last episode. Listen to that. You'll see where he got all this time. And so total seven and a half hours a week. And he says, I propose to be content with that seven and a half hours for the present. Yep. And then, uh, and then if you You want to read the, Oh, down there. Okay. My contention is that the full use of those seven and a half hours will quicken the whole life of the week. Add zest to it and increase the interest which you feel in even the most 
banal. Banal occupations. You practice physical exercise for a mere 10 minutes morning and evening, and yet you are not astonished when your physical health and strength are beneficially affected every hour of the day. Yeah. And your whole physical outlook changed. Why should you be astonished that an average of over an hour a day given to the mind should permanently and completely enliven the whole activity of the mind? Good yeah. point. That's good a point. really good point. Yeah. Because seriously, if you, I mean, if you, yeah, exercise for 15 minutes a day, you know, if you were to mm-hmm. walk or jog or whatever, it you'll really see, helps out. Yeah, you'll yeah. see a, a, a benefit like, I mean, even if, yeah, because I, I know I've done that with with exercise and stuff, and it's like, you know, my back used to go out all the time. And just, just by doing a little bit of exercise, it actually it helped out. Yeah. So anyway, good point, Arnold. Mr. Yeah, Bennett. Thank you, Mr. So Bennett. So he, I like, I just like the idea, of like, he's like, dude, this little thing is going to just make the, the rest of the time even better. Like, actually, what does he say? Quicken the whole life of the week. Add zest. Yeah. Increase the interest that you feel even in your dumb, boring yeah. occupations. Good way to put it. So. To clear even seven hours and a half from the jungle is passably difficult. Um. To do something else means a change of habits. Sorry, I'm just kind of jumping around. Yeah, it's fine. Any change, even a change for the better, is always accompanied by drawbacks and discomforts. If you imagine that you will be able to devote seven and a half hours a week to serious, continuous effort and still live your old life, you, my sir, friend, are mistaken. Yeah. I repeat that some sacrifice and an immense deal of volition will be necessary and it is because i know the difficulty it is because i know the most disastrous effect of failure in such an enterprise that i earnestly advise a very humble beginning so you got to safeguard your self-respect i like there's where's that part where he's oh no that wasn't this part um a failure in an enterprise deliberately planned deals a desperate wound to one's self-respect. Hence, I iterate and reiterate, start quietly, unostentatiously. And he has iterated that over and over. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want us to fail. He's like, dude, yeah. just do it. You fail, it's over. I mean, like, if you're going to, you know what I'm saying? Most people give up. I'm like, okay, that's not going to work for me. Yeah, he's he like, wants hey, you to succeed. Well, and he, he's he, and he's saying it's going to be hard anyway. That's so right. don't don't go overboard. You don't need it to be harder. Um, read the next paragraph. When you have conscious, conscious, conscientious. Yeah, I hate that word. That's a tough one. When you have conscientiously given seven hours and a half a week to the cultivation of your vitality for three months. Then you may be then you may begin to sing louder and tell yourself what wondrous things you are capable of doing. So only then. So a little let let it you can let it get to your head a little bit after about three months. Yeah, three months of it. Think about how much time that is. It's okay. way more than people say today. They say go for eighteen days and you'll have it. I don't think that's the case. I think you just need to make sure that it's well ingrained. Well, I know, but I'm just trying to think. Okay, so seven point five. 
Oh, sure. You're going to do the math. Times four. Times so that's... 90. Or no, yeah, it's times four. Four days. Four, well, four weeks. So that's 30 hours times three. So it's 90 hours that you've... There you go. That you've... You know, 90 hours that you didn't even have before. That you could be doing something kind of cool. We haven't even gotten into what. But. If you think of 90 times 60... What's 90 times 60... 500, 5,400. I could what? 5,400 sodas. <laughs> Still thinking about that sodas, man. Dude, I don't look at time. I don't look at his time or money. I look at it, everything as it applies to sodas. So anyway, he says, uh, but one final suggestion is that allow much more than an hour and a half in which to do the work of an hour and a half. Remember the chance of accidents. Remember human mm. nature and give yourself, say, yeah, yeah, round a- two and a half hours for your task of 90 minutes. That's good That's good advice right there. Yeah. It's like, okay, you want to make sure you get through it. And, it, and then if you do, before your time, then you're, you're good. Okay. So uh, there's just a little more, some more, hey, warning warning you know don't don't go overboard just do the little bit because you're going to see that just doing a little bit you know is going to make it's going to uh it's going to change things i wonder if this has this have all the caffeine of a mm-hmm. mountain dew better that's why i'm drinking it oh are are we putting you to sleep brandon I don't know where it would say how much caffeine it has, but anyway, so, okay. So your biggest problem is, is going to be controlling your mind because that's what this is all about. Right, Brandon? He's like looking for the caffeine content. Yeah. I mean, it says dude charged with watermelon. Oh, it's shit. Yeah. 90, 68 milligrams. Oh, where's that at? Right there, inside. Sixty-eight milligrams, baby. Better. Yeah, you know, I was like, wait a second. That's why I'm so tired all the time, man. Because you're drinking the weak, weak yeah. watermelon. Can't have that. So okay. Controlling the mind. So this is going to be your this, and that that's part of how this. Part of uh, part of how this program is going to help you and enliven the rest of your life, at least according to him, is by learning to control the mind. Um, starts off one can't. People say one can't help one's thoughts. Yeah, but one can. The mm. control of the thinking machine is perfectly possible, and since nothing whatever happens to us outside our own brain, since nothing hurts us or gives us pleasure except within the brain. The supreme importance of being able to control what what goes on in that mysterious brain is patent. People complain of the lack of the power to concentrate, not witting that they may acquire the power if they choose, which is pretty cool. But yeah. Like, whoa, this is that. This is another reason where I was like, whoa, this is this could be a cool. Yeah. Uh, That's a common thing today too for us today, especially. I'm not saying it wasn't common back then. Well, but like. There's much noise. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep focused on things. It's yeah, hard to concentrate. Lost. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Like, you're just kind of like, oh, let's go look on this and, you know, scroll through or yeah, whatever. It's gone. It's over at that point. Read the next one. Hence. Or the end. And without the power to concentrate, that is to say, without the power to dictate to the brain its task and to ensure obedience, true life is impossible. Mind control is the first element of a full existence. Okay, so that's a good. That's a good. That's a good. Um, think about hermetic principles. Yeah, that's a good like principle to explain. Like, all is mind. Yeah, yeah. What is what is the all is mind? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the the mentalism, the principle of mentalism. Yeah. So I was, you know, we can we go through our work day, but how about what if we're like taking time out of our day to actually dictate things for our minds to think about instead of just having stuff thrust upon us? Yeah, you know, with work, with whatever the news is, whatever, you know, we're actually taking time to cultivate our own mind. That's the um, not to derail it, but that's actually the principle of gender right what? for the you know there's the whole like the ruach is you know the different minds and the ruach plants a seed in the nefesh yeah and the nefesh is where it grows but the point is is like other ruachs can plant seeds in our nefesh too so who's planting the seed there yeah right? oh, okay yeah, so we need to have control. We need to be the one t- dictating to our mind. Yeah, because our not well, everything okay, else. Okay, so the base. Just real quick, the ruark is the the conscious mind. Yeah. Let's just say. Yeah. And then the nefesh is this unconscious mind. Yeah. The one that kind of animal mind, right? Yeah. That so if something's planted into the male the, and the female. Yeah. Yeah. Who's so the the anyway. Okay. So I like he says it better though. He says he says you need to dictate what he's how do you word it? You dictate what the power to dictate dictate to the brain its task. Yeah. Yeah. So we're so that's that is true though because it's like there's so much and this I mean he was this is in 1910. There's so much more out there trying to calling for our attention. And then they're using all those principles mm-hmm. of of different, like mm-hmm. the left and right, and all yep. these different things to try to distract us and get us to take yep. different sides. It's like, but you're you're ultimately in control, and if you take a little time to to work on your mind, you know, work your mind out, kind of do push ups for the mind or whatever. Yeah, totally. Anyway, so hence. The first business of the day should be to put the mind through its paces. That's this is the first thing he wants you to do. Paces, keyword paces, like yeah. a, like like a walking pace. Yeah, right. You look after your body inside and out. You do, you know, you shave it, you yeah. feed it, you do, you know, and think think about that. Like most of our our morning routine is just to get us ourselves ready. For our body's ready for the day. Yeah. We're feeding it and stuff, but we're not doing any, What are we doing for our mind in the morning? Usually nothing. No. The only thing we do is when we're on the train, we pull out the uh, newspaper challenges. Yeah. Maybe do a Sudoku. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, he, he mentions all of the different things that we employ to get ready and to get our, our bodies and our, and our day started. 
Why not devote a little bit of attention to the far more delicate machinery of the mind? Yep. And especially as it doesn't require any extra aid. Um, he says, um, it is for this portion of the art and craft of living that I have reserved the time from the moment of quitting your door, leaving for work to the moment of arriving at your office. I'm going to start using quitting. I'm reading a book. Actually, I just finished a book right now that was written in 1908. Mm-hmm that he they re, he references quitting every time he, le- he mentions leaving the uh elevator or he's like quitting I, the I elevator. quit the elevator i'm going to start using that okay. we need to bring that back yes okay ardor quitting <laughs> so he's so okay this is what he said earlier remember those 30 minutes that he gave us sitting on the train this is it he says so i'm supposed to <laughs> He's like, yeah, so cultivate your mind in the street or on the platform or in the train. Nothing simpler. No tools required. Not even a book. And so the first question is like, well, what do you, how do you cultivate your mind on the platform or the train platform? Okay. Well, um, nevertheless, it's, the affair is not easy. Read this. When you leave your house, concentrate your mind on a subject, no matter what, to begin with. You will not have gone 10 yards before your mind has skipped away under your very eyes and is larking around the corner with another subject. Yeah. That's like so like, that's like the hardest thing. Well, yeah. So he's like, hey, how about you give your mind a little workout? Try thinking about, you know, on one subject. You know, this is like meditation. Yeah. And what's funny about it, for those who have experienced it, I have for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Is I won't even know that I've failed, you know. Like you're like, okay, I'm gonna see how I'm gonna see if I can concentrate on this for one for the, and then you do it, and you would think like, oh crap, I just failed. No, I don't even know I did. And later on, I go, oh, oh wait, wait was I supposed thinking, to like, yeah, I've been thinking about something. <laughs> it just like it's gone. See, but he's not. And this isn't even requiring you to close your eyes. No, no, no. Because this is having you. You're walking, you know, and they're um. Right in the middle of, so, but he's like, hey, think of something like, I don't, whatever you want, you know, like, trying to think of an example of, like maybe a quote you read or something. Yeah, well, that's a good example because he mentions that over and over. Yeah. Like the people, like the, the, uh, the philosophers you read or something. Yeah. So like something about why do I let other people affect my life, you know, kind of stuff or, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know. You can. Or anything, yeah, yeah. So he's so all of a sudden he says, yeah, because he says it doesn't even matter to begin with. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter. It's it's just a, a mental exercise to to kind of train your mind. He says, but so whenever you see it larking around the corner with another subject, bring it back by the scruff of the neck. Ere you have reached the station, you will have brought it back about forty times. Yeah. He says, don't despair, continue, keep keep it up, and you will succeed. You cannot, by any chance, fail if you persevere. All it is is an exercise bringing it back yeah. and bringing it back. Yeah. But, um, he's, and then he, he kind of brings up uh, something. He goes, remember that time where you were roused mm-hmm. um, by circumstances to such a degree 
um, that you were able to dominate your mind like a tyrant. Yeah. Like it was like, it was like in like super mode. Yeah. You would have no trifling. You insisted that its work should be done and its work was done. So you've done, you've done that before to where, so this is your, everybody's capable of it. It's just a matter of learning to discipline yourself. Okay, so um, you can read. And the bottom 54. Yeah. I do not care what you concentrate on so long as you concentrate. It is the more, it is the mere disciplining of the thinking machine that counts. But still, you may as well kill two birds with one stone and concentrate on something useful. I suggest it is only a suggestion, <laughs> a little chapter of Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus. Yep. I suggest that too. I I've been too. reading uh, Epictetus, like his discourses, uh-huh. and it's way it's like way better than the mat the Enchiridion, Enchiridion, Inch- Inch- yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm saying it's it's a lot more deeper, longer. Well, yeah, Enchiridion is just like it's kind of like the Gospel of Thomas, it's just like a short one statement, yeah, another yeah, yeah. statement, yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in there. I'm like, whoa, this guy's good. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't. I haven't gone through that. He might be like, I mean, Marcus Aurelius is Marcus Aurelius is great too, though, because he's just got a lot of short ones that you can be like, you can really think on. Yep. And that's why that's why he's he's saying, uh, and then he's like, don't be shy of their names. I know nothing more actual, more bursting with plain common sense, applicable to the daily life of plain persons like you and me, than Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus. Yeah, don't be ashamed. Read a chapter, and so short are they, the chapters, in the evening. So this might be part of your your little cultivate, your hour and a half. Yeah. um, And concentrate it on it the next morning. So, there's there's a suggestion. Okay. But he doesn't care, really. But that was just, you know. Um, I love the... We, he's like all predicting what you're going to think now. He's like... What? He's like, don't try and disguise the fact I can hear your brain like a telephone in my ear. Right? Yeah. You were saying, this fellow was doing pretty well up to the seventh chapter. <laughs> <laughs> That's his humor, right? Yeah. But what he says about thinking in trains and concentration and so on is not for me. Yeah, well, it is for you, he says. I passionately repeat, it is for you. Indeed, you are the very man I am aiming at. Oh my gosh, real? He's this is deep. He's like, this is for you. Whoa, yeah. he's talking right to me. So throw away the suggestion and you throw away the most precious suggestion that was ever offered to you. It is not my suggestion and it is the suggestion of the most sensible, practical, hard-headed men who have walked the earth. I only give it to you, I give it you at second hand. Yeah. Try it. Get your mind in hand and see how the process cures half the evils of life. Especially worry that miserable, avoidable, shameful disease worry. Get that out. So, and it's true. Like if you read Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus, it does. There's he a lot of what he's this yeah. idea that he's uh, 
suggesting to us comes from them. Yeah. And us, a matter of us working on our own mind and how we react to different situations. Okay. So uh, the next chapter, chapter eight is the reflective mood. And this is important too, because you have, you have the concentration, but also the reflective mood, Mm -hmm. which the exercise of concentrating the mind to which at least half an hour a day should be given is a mere preliminary, preliminary, like the scales in the piano. Um, let's see. Okay, well, I'll just keep reading. Having acquired power over the most unruly member of one's complex organism, one has naturally to put it to the yoke um useless to possess an obedient mind unless one profits to the furthest possible degree by its obedience so this is where the reflective mind comes so yeah. you got your mind okay so you you can get your mind to concentrate yeah so but to what end and he says now the the only course of study that there can be no question of what it is. Yeah, all the sensible people of all ages are agreed upon it, and it is, and it is not literature, nor is it any other art, nor is it history, nor is it any science. Oh, what is it? What Brandon? could it possibly be? It is the study of one's self. <sighs> Man, know thyself. That's right. Yeah, that was that the, the old timey Delphic. In the yeah. Delphic uh Oracle or Yeah. It's one of the um in the temple of Apollo. Right. These words are so hackneyed that verily I blush to write them. Yet they must be written for they need to be written. I I take back my blush being ashamed of it. Man, <laughs> know thyself. I say it out loud. The phrase is one of those phrases with which everyone is familiar of which everyone acknowledges the value yep. and which only the most sagacious well, let's say sagacious put into practice. I don't know why I'm entirely convinced that what is more than everything anything else lacking in the life of the average well intentioned man of today is the reflective mood. So So yeah, he's saying, true. yeah, reflect reflect on yourself and What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think... I I know I don't do that a lot. As much as I need to. Yeah. For sure. So... We, oh, we, go ahead. We do not reflect. I mean... I mean that we do not reflect upon genuinely important things. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Because the thing is, we, we reflect on a lot of things. Like how somebody pissed, made us mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was... Or how this person did this and law. Yeah, we spent half our life okay, reflecting on that. But re- keep... Read, because this is where... So... So reflect on the genuinely important things. Yeah. Upon the problem of our happiness. Upon the main direction in which we are going. Upon what life is giving to us. Upon the share which reason has in determining our actions or has not in determining our actions and upon the relation between our principles and our conduct. Yeah. That's a big thing is like, am I, and that's where the, the uh, kind of like the Stoics and philosophy and stuff will kind of 
are always repeating is are your is your conduct in accord with your principles you sure. know mm-hmm. or even but we're not even or what even are our principles you know have we ever thought about why we do certain things or why our principles are what they are and if they're helping us or not no that's because we've been exactly exactly we, we covered that earlier too yeah it's like who's who's what is it your brain needs to dictate your actions who who told you what to do who, who told you to do that yeah keep going uh the chances oh yeah and yet you're and yet you are in the search of happiness are you not have you discovered it the chances are that you have not. The chances are that you have already come to believe that happiness is unattainable. Mm-hmm. But men have attained it. They ha- and they have attained it by realizing that happiness does not spring from the procuring of physical or mental pleasure, but from the development of reason and the adjustment of conduct to principles. Yeah. So if you admit it, and still devote no part of your day to the deliberate consideration of your reason, principles, and conduct, you admit also that while striving for a certain thing, you are regularly leaving, you are regularly leaving undone the one act which is necessary to the attainment of that thing. <laughs> so he's like, hey. Ready to, ready to blush? Now shall I blush or will you? Anyway, so that's that's pretty... Yeah, it's like, hey, if you admit that this is true and you don't do it, then your whole search for happiness and stuff, yeah, you're you're leaving out the the way to the way to get there. Okay, so then, uh... as for reason, which makes conduct and is not unconnected with the making of principles, it plays a far smaller part in our lives than we fancy. This is the what we talked. We're talking about here. We are supposed to be reasonable, but we are much more instinctive than reasonable. Mm-hmm. And the less we reflect, the less reasonable we shall be. Yeah, that's a good so point. So this is these are some secrets, like hacks, like because yeah, we're mostly instinctive. Like I said, when I'm like reflecting on how mad that person made me yeah. or whatever, that's just instinct. Yeah, it's, yeah. And and I think his the less re, we reflect, the less reasonable we shall be. Yeah, I like how he's using the concept of reflection because a lot of times we talk about like, well, what made you do that? And we we don't realize that. I mean, we we try and put we try and like blame what what made what gave us the idea, what made us do it, but it's really because we're reflecting on things that are not ourself yeah or we're acting out of instinct yeah and then like kind of like a an animal like you know the basic animal thing is they'll bite something yeah and but they never take the time to think man why did i do that or whatever and that's the different one of the differences with humans is we can think over and like okay and what what were the consequences of that action and you know because they can have some like acting physically against somebody can can really affect our lives, you know? Yep. Calanus in prison or something. Heaven forbid. So he uses the example of going to a restaurant and oh, yeah. 
you order a steak, comes out, and it's overcooked. Okay. What would you do? So he's like, okay, ask. Reason to come in and and consult her. She'll probably tell you that the waiter didn't cook the steak and had no control over the cooking of it. And that even if he alone was to blame, you accomplished nothing good by getting mad. You merely lost your dignity, looked a fool in the eyes of sensible men, and soured the <laughs> right waiter. When producing no effect whatever on the steak. So it's like, well, your steak, no matter Nothing how. Nothing changed. Yeah, so your steak's still ba- you still overcooked. And you just like. You just. Act like an idiot. You've lost credibility. You wasted time. Yeah. And I then, must be a sensible man because I'm always thinking that. I'm always watching people at the, re- at the restaurants like. Wasting their time. Really? Well, when I see someone like. Oh, getting all like upset. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The result of this consultation with reason will Consult- be, yeah. or yeah, yeah, I got it. Will be that when once more your steak is overcooked, you will treat the waiter as a fellow creature, remain quiet, quite calm, in a kindly spirit, and politely insist on having a fresh steak. The gain will be obvious and solid. So, it's, hey, you could. How about instead of changing what you want the waiter to do you can just say hey this is overcooked you know because it's and usually they'll be a nicer too that's true so in the formation or modification of principles in the practice of conduct much help can be derived from printed books so this is where he's kind of yeah he this is where he's going to talk a little bit about that books and stuff and he says he even gives the price issued at six pence each. I met as I met I mentioned in my last chapter, Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus. Um there's also like these Pascal, La Bruyere, mm-hmm. and Emerson. Emerson. We've done uh, a couple Ralphie, episodes. Ralphie. And there there are, you know, you can get Yeah, we love Ralph. His we love Ralphie and he does make you think. Yeah. That's insane. You go, he he treats these subjects and they're they're the th- like poetical and stuff too. That's the thing is if he when he's talking earlier about like contemplating on an idea and he gives an example of like one of the things you pulled from your Emerson book that day, mm-hmm. you know, or he he actually talked about Aurelius. But like yeah, there's you can think you can dwell on those and reflect on those all over all all day long. Yeah, he's like, as for myself, you will not catch me traveling without my Marcus Aurelius. Yes, books are valued, are valuable, but not reading of books will take the place of a daily, candid, honest examination of what one has recently done and what one is about to do, of a steady looking at oneself in the face. Disconcerting though it may, this though the sight may be, so that so even books can't replace. Mm-hmm. This actually reflecting Correct. on your own life and conduct. Um, and he says the solitude of the evening journey home appears to be suitable, you know, but yeah, you don't have ride, to. Back on the ride, back on the tour again. Right. But, or even, but taking some time, and that's a good, that's a good idea is taking some time at night 
to just reflect on what happened during the day. How often do you think about that? I don't. It's not. In I the get program. home and I'm. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I don't think about what happened, but it might it might be a a kind of a cool little review. Maybe that's why some people journal or something. You yeah, know, but, where you can. Yeah. The, the what's 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 hard to find is consistent journal. Like, hey, I don't have time for that crap. <laughs> <laughs> I got an hour and a half, three days a week, man. Don't get in my in the way of my program. But no, he's just saying. He he's like, um, flexible mute. Uh, he's just like, but you don't have to do it on your walk home, but do it sometime. During the day, and it's not like it takes that long, you know. This is just a quick review of your of your daily life, and who knows what eye opening things you might find. Okay, so next we have. I this this one I just kind of skipped over. I didn't really mark much in it. The arts one, yeah. You can sum we can summarize. Yeah, let's it. just summarize it. Basically, he was he was he spends a lot of time talking about things that we're not going to read all the. Tennyson and he talks about like his the basic idea is hey what's something you like to do you like to listen to music right like he uses the symphony Mm -hmm. you go there and you're you're you love you know the 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 symphony the the music and everything and he, he he's like hey you know what you could do is you could you could get a book on how to how to uh, understand the symphony. Yeah. And listen to the, each note and, and read stuff. through it, you know, on your days, because most of the time, whenever, you know, what, what was the book he suggested? Oh, Oh yeah. It's called how to listen to music. Yeah. <coughs> By Mr. Crebill. Crebill, which is probably obviously an old book, but yeah, he mentions how to listen to music and about how, how to, when you're listening to it, rather than just listening to it and just like getting the out, just only getting pleasure out of it. Yeah, you can just understand, like understand the notes the, and take find the find patterns and the time signatures and actually like make it a meaningful. Yeah, like, I mean, just understand like like the violin and yeah, the, how they're all they all play are different. Anyway, so he's like, you could do that if you're interested in music. Or you could do, if you're interested in poetry, or have, you know, you could read a book on how to understand poetry. Well, he does talk up poetry. I know. He and, talks up poetry quite a bit. Well, because well, he, I, he, chapter, he likes poetry he? because he... Uh, yeah, that's the next chapter. Because it's not just straight writing. It's, you know... It, it's like a parable almost. Like, yeah. you, you have to think about it. Yeah, it yeah. gets you to reflect. Yeah, it's reflective. And um, that's a good point. And then he's like, you know, you don't, I mean, like you said, you don't even have to know how to learn how to play an instrument to understand, you know, maybe how a symphony works together or whatever. Or, um, my favorite part is at the end of the chapter when the, when he supposes that he, he like does a role play of words. And he says, so you say, but I hate, mu- I hate music, my dear sir, I respect you. And then he goes, but I hate all the arts. My dear sir, I respect you more and more. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he's like, well, I mean, do you like to... He's like, you can l- 
uh, read a book on art history, you know, if you're interested in art. What's what's interesting is he's kind of like, he's actually kind of giving the arts the same amount of attention we are right now with like kind of paraphrasing the mm-hmm. chapter. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, if you like it, then try and make it meaningful. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't have, he doesn't find a lot of value to it, probably. But he says, if you like it and if you, and if you want, if you enjoy it. Make make it culti- help it cultivate you more than just by j- pleasure. Help it cultivate your with like your yeah, mind, learning thinking, learning a little something about yeah. it. Yeah, and make it to where your yeah, where your mind can be more engaged with it. He's like even read a book on how to look into art architecture. You know, yeah, learn something about flying buttresses or whatever. Um. So anyway. So remember that earlier today you said humdrum? Didn't you say humdrum? Oh, yeah. Nothing in life is humdrum. Yeah. That's chapter 10. Okay, so he's like, art's a great thing, but it's not the greatest. The most important of all uh, perceptions is the continual perception of cause and effect. In other words, the perception of the continuous development of the universe. In still other words... The perception of the course of evolution. Oh, wait, this guy is a heathen. <laughs> well, the first comment, the whole cause and effect, talking about cause and effect, you go, okay, he's a little hermetic. And then he mentions the the the, the uh, evolution. It's like, okay, he's a little like scientific thinking. Yeah. And when one has thoroughly got imbued with, into one's head the leading truth that nothing happens without a cause, one grows... Not only large-minded, but large-hearted. So, yeah, you, I mean, that's another thing to think about, cause and effect. Yeah. He uses the example of somebody stealing your watch. That gives you an, a chance to reflect, well, why yeah. the heck would somebody steal my watch? And yeah. kind of think about, oh, well, maybe it was, you know how he they were raised or they're desperate yeah. for money there's a, or... there's, a, there's a total reflection reflective rabbit hole to go down every time anything happens that's not expected yeah and most of us to spend our entire lives like oh that has happened to be yeah yeah like you look at it as like the curse yeah kind of like oh, i'm cursed these bad things just yeah. happen yeah and then it's like well there i mean it's like a a series of things that have to go into play to make something, anything happen. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's like, Hey, look into cause and effect. Um, let's see. What does he say? One loses in the study of cause and effect, that absurd error, which so many people have been always shocked and pained by the, the consciousness, you know, curiousness of life. Like you just Mm -hmm. said. Such people live amid human nature as if human nature were a foreign country full of awful foreign customs. But having reached maturity, one ought surely to be ashamed of being a stranger in a strange land. He's making some quotes here. He's he's making a lot of references to things. Okay. Okay. uh, Let's see. Well, uh, I'll just read this. The study of cause and effect, while it lessens the painfulness of life, adds to its picturesqueness. So he's like, you can even figure out how, why, why is housing prices rising in certain areas and stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, sure. There you go. That's a modern one. Yeah. Yeah. 
start thinking more about what's going on rather than just like, oh, everything's just going to heck in a handbasket. Yeah, how did this happen? Well, I'm saying you're coming out of uh, a year of or a couple years of of different businesses shutting down and all this different things, uh, yeah. people not going to work and stuff, and then people are like, the economy's gone to real. What's going on? You know, it's because there's of, it's because of this, and then yeah, some and then, other thing. Yeah, well, so, yeah, and then and then politicians will say, "Oh, well, it's all due to this one thing." Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, wait, so all that other stuff didn't have any effect? And it's like, well, that had a little, but it's all mainly due to this, and I'm going to deal with that. You know, they always have the sure. an, their answer, and it's but they don't know what they're talking about. In my opinion, that is your, yeah, it is your opinion. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of. Well, I guess that's not. Um, nothing oh, is a humdrum. I was thinking of something like a. Nothing is a humdrum. Nothing is humdrum. Or nothing is humdrum. Yeah. He said that you could. Uh, I was thinking of along this line is that you know you're you're in town and stuff. You can start studying astro- astrology, astronomy. Which one's the real? The which one's the? They're both real. The actual, yeah. The one, the, the one that's based upon like the science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, astronomy. Yeah, the galaxy and the movement and everything. Yeah. You could look at that, and then uh, then when you look at the night sky, you're looking at you know, oh wow, yeah. You know, you learn a little something there. He because he uses the example of of going around. He's like, okay, so you you can't get out of town, but you could learn. And he uses uh, the catching, go to your a street lamp and start catching moths and find out all about all the different animals. Like, hey, we think we're bored, right? Yeah, there's so many things to do. I'm saying, like here, you could you could go go uh, study different cactuses and stuff. You know, go on when you go on your hike and stuff. Yeah. Go because right. oh. you know me. I different cacti there are tons. I have heard, yeah. And look for different creatures out there and stuff, or different birds. You know, just right in your own neighborhood. Go looking for scorpions in your yard. That'd be fun. Get a black light. Yeah. Don't want to know how much are there. Yeah, you probably don't want to know, but yeah. But uh, something like that, you know, just to. So it doesn't have to be this this crazy thing. You can. Like, what kind of tree is that out there? I don't know. Well, why don't you find out? Anyway. So there's there's a couple suggestions. I don't know. Um, Getting close to the end. He, he, he just wants to say a few things about reading. And then one more thing. Okay, serious reading. This is going to break some hearts. Yep. Especially those people who like to read like fiction well okay so let's just lay it out brandon say novels are excluded from serious reading why so the man who bent on self-improvement has been it's okay now he's he's doing the whole role play thing again so the man who bent on self-improvement has been deciding to devote 90 minutes three times a week to a complete study of the works of charles dickens will be well advised to alter his plans the reason is not that novels are not serious. Some of the great literature of the world is in the form of prose fiction. The reason is that bad novels ought not to be read 
and that good novels never demand any appreciable mental application on the part of the reader. Okay, so that we'll just yeah. So so he's saying novel like if you read a good book, like yeah. you sit down and read a good book, you're not gonna. It doesn't take effort. Yeah, good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it just it just throws you through. Yeah. I mean, that's what novel. That's how novels are written. And if it's hard to follow, then it's probably a bad novel anyway. Yeah, don't in that, in that case, don't force it. But so he says, a good novel rushes you forward like a skiff down a stream, and you arrive at the end breathless but unexhausted. The best novels involve the least strain, and I've done that where. You're like so tired, but you're so into the book. You keep on you know, going. Have you ever done that? Sure. Yeah. It, you like a hard book. You no can't more. do that. Like I'm yeah. done. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't. But I've just, had that yeah. where I'm up like like one or two in the morning reading through a series, you know, of books. Where usually you can't do that with with hard deeper stuff. You're right. So and that's 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 the reason he's saying. In the cultivation of the mind, of the mind, one of the most important factors is precisely the feeling of strain. Okay, so this is why he's saying no novels. He's not saying don't read novels. He's saying not in your course in your hour and a half. Uh, so it's precisely the feeling of strain, of difficulty, of a task which one of your one part of your you is anxious to achieve, but another part of you is anxious to shirk. It's that struggle. And that's part of probably cultivating your mind, too. You're like, oh, I don't want to do this. and But part of you is like, oh, I want to find out more, too. So that feeling cannot be got in facing a novel. You know, you don't. So you yeah. get a good one. So he does say that imaginative poetry produces a far greater mental strain than novels. Yeah. It produces probably the severest strain of any form of literature. It is the highest form of literature. That was bold. It is the highest form. It yields the highest form of pleasure and teaches the highest form of wisdom. In a word, there is nothing to compare with it. I say this with sad consciousness of the fact that the majority of people do not read poetry. Yeah. Um, so he says he's. It's interesting though. He says Paradise Lost is he considers that like a imaginative poetry. Yeah, yeah. It's one that I wouldn't think is like you would think of it as like a as like a book. Yeah, like a story, but yeah. Well, the thing is, is like the and I I thought about this. I, mean, I thought the same thing. Like, Paris Loss is not really poetry, but it, I mean, it is. But the thing is, is I guess where I'm, my interpretation was, it doesn't. When you read Paradise Lost, it doesn't just like flow where you don't have to think about what's happening. It just, it's just like clear. You have to think about what's being written and how it's being written, to, and to build the story from that. Well, it's like if you read like Dante's Inferno or something. Sure. Yeah. That'd probably be a. It's imaginative because it's taking yeah. you to this whole other world, but it's representing the different levels of hell and all that stuff. Exactly. But okay. if, you're, if you're reading like a basic fiction novel, a, a fantasy, a modern fantasy novel, for example, for, for example, 
I mean, even though it can be interesting, it's imaginative. And it, can, it can be thought provoking. Yeah, but it kind of it 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 coddles you with like it tells you exactly what you're supposed to be hearing in a way. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, there's no interpretation really. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I pulled from that. Cause I thought I thought the same thing. So anyway, he really pushes the the poetry thing, and if that's not your thing, that's fine. I'm not gonna we're we're not gonna waste our time with the all his suggestions for yeah poetry because I don't know. I mean, but what like I said, what he says is poetry might be different than what I thought. He's like, hey, if you're not inter or maybe want to don't like poetry but are interested, try reading a book on how to read poetry. You know, maybe you'll understand it, and then all of a sudden they'll give you some suggestions, and you can do it. He, um, okay. All right. So he's. Uh, he's like, okay. So you don't like poetry. You don't like this. He's like, but if if there's something that else you're interested in you know content yourself with history or philosophy you know like the decline and fall of of rome that huge thing but i mean you learn something in in reading that or um he says uh or herbert spencer's first principles you know or or sitting down and reading reading through uh Socrates, like the Republic, Plato's Republic. Yeah, I mean that's like a tough one, and you and then it'll get you thinking. You're like, this guy's wrong. <laughs> this sounds like you know, or or like, oh, I don't like. Why is he saying this? You know, this yeah. particular thing. But there'll be a lot to think about. Is but the main thing is that he says the great convenience of masterpieces, you know, take something that's that you're interested in, but that's a masterpiece is that they're, they're lucid, you know, astonishingly lucid. Read the rat, the last paragraph on that. Oh, sorry. 81. Okay. Oh, that's not the last. Okay. I suggest no particular work as a start. The attempt would be futile in the space of my command, but I have two general suggestions of a certain importance. The first is to define the direction and scope of your efforts. Choose a limited period or a limited subject or a single author. Say to yourself, I will know something about the French Revolution or the rise of the railroads or the works of John Keats. And during a given period to be settled beforehand, confine yourself to your choice. There is much pleasure to be derived from being a specialist. So he's saying, don't go nuts. Yeah. You know, um it's i think seneca had that in in one of his books is like don't get you know people get lost in books yeah he's yeah. like you only you know yeah totally yeah I, just just take one book and really i can't think of the wording for it. it but it's like i think i'm thinking of the term like bridle your passions like just pick a pick a make a goal for this do it become an expert at this area yeah or but don't like just become un- don't try to know it all yeah and don't be because then you're gonna be exactly what he's asking us not to do don't be them just don't become a machine where like now you're just like replacing your newspaper article your newspaper on the train with 
Just reading books. Yeah, get into dig yeah. into it. Choose yeah. a limited period yeah. or a limited subject or a single author. Say yours and then say, okay, I'm just gonna learn. I'm gonna stick with this one thing because it's gonna open up other things. But you need to get you want to get through it because sometimes books like you want to the ardor thing. You want to mm-hmm. run faster than you have strength or whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then also next thing you know, you're burnt out on it or you don't know. You haven't concentrated enough, so you're just have a, like, okay. So the second suggestion is to think as well as to read. I know, okay, this is this is a big problem. I know people who read and read, and for all the good it does them, they might just as well cut bread and butter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, that's the weird, uh, yeah, example. The bread and butter. Okay, they take to reading as better men take to drink. I like that. As better men take to drink. Anyway, they fly through the shires of literature on a motor car, their sole object being in motion. They will tell you how many books they have read in a year. So it's just people that just read to read. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, it's because like they're, they're bored. Yeah. But he, remember, he doesn't want you to just read to read. He wants you to make it painful. He doesn't want you to do anything just to do anything. Like yeah. he wants you to, everything has to be like reflective. He says, unless you give at least 45 minutes to careful, fatiguing reflection. And he says, it is an awful bore at first. Upon what you are reading, your 90 minutes of a night are chiefly wasted. This means that your pace will be slow. Never mind. Just forget it. And go slow. Um, and then, okay. So there you go. So next now uh, is this the last chapter? Yep. Mm-hmm. So now he's again talking to some dangers to avoid, and this is one of the new terms we need to bring back. Prig. That's right. <laughs> Like what the I never heard it before ever. No, it must be an old timey British thing. But when somebody called you it, it was not cool. I called the guy a prig this morning in the way here. Freaking prig. Okay. Want me to start reading this part? Yeah, just go okay. start with the certain dangers thing. Okay. Um. Okay. There are certain dangers which lie in wait for the sincere aspirant towards life. The first is the terrible danger of becoming the most odious or odious and least supportable of persons. A prig. <laughs> now a prig is a pert fellow who gives himself airs of superior wisdom. Mm-hmm. A prig is a pompous fool who has gone out for a ceremonial walk and without knowing it, has lost an important part of his attire, namely his sense of humor. Dude, prigs are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going, a man. A prig is a tedious individual who, having made a discovery, is so impressed by his discovery that he is capable of being gravely displeased because the entire world is not also impressed by it. Oh, God. It's so, that's so common. Unconsciously, yep. to become a prig is an easy and fatal thing. Yep, I've been guilty of being a prig, too, because a lot of times you're like, why isn't everybody doing this? You know, once you figure something out, 
Yeah. Everybody, you know, it's like the, a diet or something. Sure. Any, there's, there's diet prigs out there. There's, oh, that's a very common one. Those freaking prigs are or like, do my exercises. Or and, like political prigs. Oh, yeah. Or there's ton, everywhere you go. Mu- there's music prigs. Yeah. Like, why you listen to that? Why yeah. do you waste your time? Yeah. I'm listening to stuff on vinyl. <laughs> I say that because Brandon's Brandon's got a little collection, or at least he did. Yeah, I do. You're no prig, Brandon. No, I no, I'm not. Hence, uh, when one sets forth on the enterprise of using all one's time, it is just as well to remember that one's own time, and not other people's time, is the material with which one has to deal. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's kind well, of mind a, your own dang business. Yeah. Say your, this is your remember. Own, yeah. You're not, you're where it's your time, not other people's time that you have control over. It's kind of like a very, uh, and you're reflecting on yourself, not others. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't try to be like, you need to start doing this. That's the worst. And we all, everybody has their opinions and they're all wrong. Unless you have more to say in that, then, then there's the next danger. Um, Okay, I well, I do want to, yeah, okay, I'll do ahead. this. It is well not to chatter too much about what one is doing. Okay, so while you're doing this, mm. you don't want to be a bragger, you know, kind of, yeah, and not to betray a too pain sadness at the spectacle of a whole world deliberately wasting so many hours out of every day. So suddenly you find you find you've yeah. you found these seven and a half hours, and you're like, whoa, you're walking around the world, you're walking around, it's like. Wait, do you know how to live on 24 hours a day? Like, dude, I found seven and a half hours just the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so so, di- so, don't walk around in a, in, in a pain, sadness, <laughs> the spectacle of the wor- whole world deliberately wasting so many hours out, out of every day and therefore never really living. It's like, these guys aren't living. If only they had what I had. <laughs> it will be found ultimately that in taking care of oneself, one has quite all one can do. You're like, believe me, you're not. Yeah, you only have to worry about yourself. Don't worry about what everybody else does. Okay, next danger. Um, another danger is the danger of being tied to a program like a slave to a chariot. Uh-huh. One's program must not be allowed to run a run away with one. <laughs> it must be respected, but it must not be worshipped as a fetish. Yep. A program of daily employ is not a religion. It's meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. Um, he says this is obvious. Seems obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But there's people out there who kind of burden themselves and their friends and relatives with their programs and stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, I need to do this at certain times. Don't be one of those people. But on the other hand, a program is a program, and unless it is treated with deference, it ceases to be anything but a poor joke. So, okay, don't take it to the extreme, you know? It's not a religion, but also you need... So, to live with not too much and not too little elasticity is scarcely a simple affair. The simple affair may appear to the inexperienced. So you need to be elastic with your thing. That's why you want to give yourself a little extra time. Yeah. He's like, okay, so yeah. you got an hour and a half. How about you give yourself 
to two and a half hours to accomplish it because something might come up, but then you can get back to it. But try to try to get it anyway. Ooh. So he says another danger. Do you want to read that or? Yeah, the, about being in a rush. Yeah. And still another danger is a danger of developing a policy of rush, of being gradually more and more obsessed by one, with one, with what one has to do next. In this way, one may come to exist as in a as in a prison, and one's life may cease to be one's own. Yeah. One. one yeah. One, one, yeah. Exactly. This must have been the proper way to yeah. write. I'll change it up. A person may talk, may take their dog out for a walk at eight o'clock and meditate the whole time on the fact that a person must begin to read that that they must begin to read at a quarter to nine. Like that's and that's like very common, right? Yeah, and that one must not be late. And so you're not enjoying the moment. You're not reflecting on your on yourself anymore. You're reflecting on like your program. Your program. Yeah, you're becoming yeah. a slave to it. Yeah. He says, actually, sometimes the occasional deliberate breaking of one's program will not help the men. Oh, sometimes he says, you know what you do is that you you actually kind of, where was that? This is the reason why sometimes like people, like I'm, I'm, I know for myself, I've had times where I've noticed I was too concerned about the clock and what time it was and yeah. what's next. And so as a, as an extreme way to remedy that, I've just like thrown calendar out. Like I don't, and then now you're completely disorganized. Yeah, but he he says actually sometimes it's um. He says, if a program exhibits a tendency to be oppressive, and yet somebody wishes not to modify it, an excellent palliative is to pass with exaggerated deliberation from one portion of it to another. For example, to spend five minutes in perfect mental quiescence mm. between chaining up the St. Bernard and opening a book. So kind of like, you know what? No, I'm not, I'm just going to waste five minutes. Yeah. Not even, you know. Yeah. And he says, just, just, uh, and be in and it just be, with the con- entire consciousness of wasting those five minutes, just waste it to waste it. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to like put yourself under, you don't want to become anxious. I think that's the main thing that he's saying. You don't want to become anxious about having to do this. It's supposed to be something that's hard, but enjoyable that yeah. you're, that you're going in. Maybe if, if it's so bad, then maybe you might want to look into studying something else. Maybe it's something that you, because he, yeah, he, a good point. He wants you to be interested. You're making your own program. You only, you're the only one that knows what you're interested in. And he also, and goes, that goes into the next danger is you, you need to re, you, that, that goes into the next danger as well. Okay. The, or the final and foremost, right? The deadliest danger. You can't fail. Like, don't, because if you're, if you're doing something that you're not interested in, then you're going to, you're going to lose interest and fail at it. Yeah. The last and chiefest danger, which is the, um, which I would indicate is the one to which I have already referred the risk of a failure at the commencement of the enterprise. Do, he's like, okay, do not fail at the beginning. 
don't do something so hard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Don't make, you know, a failure at the commencement may easily kill outright the newborn impulse towards a complete vitality. And therefore, every 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 precaution Mm. should be observed to avoid it. The impulse must not be overtaxed. Let the pace of the first lap be even absurdly slow. Just take your time. You're not. Don't yeah. rush it. Yeah. I I think I get. Yeah. You're I think like, it's probably really common. No more. Yeah. Yeah. Just take it slow, but let it be as regular as possible. Remember the tortoise and the hare. Don't forget the tortoise and the hare. Having once to achieve, once decided to achieve a certain task, achieve it at all costs of tedium and distaste and gain and self-confidence of having accomplished a tiresome labor. Wait, the gain and self-confidence of having accomplished a tiresome labor is immense. Finally, give them this last. Finally, Brandon. Finally. I'm like tongue-tied. In choosing the first occupations of those evening hours, be guided by nothing whatever but your taste and natural inclination. Yes. This, yep. It is a fine thing to be a walking encyclopedia of philosophy. But if you happen to have no liking for philosophy and you and to have a like for the natural history of street cries, much better leave philosophy alone and take the street cries. That's right. Yeah, or, or in other words... Don't engage in the next moment with with an agenda. I slaughtered it. Well, yeah. or just no, just do things that are interesting to you. Yeah, be, be you're not natural. you're not looking like, well, you know what what should I study? It's like, well, what are you interested in? Are you interested in old texts, you know, or something? Are you, have you been interested to read the like? I'm just looking at my shelf, like the Papa Vu. Oh yeah. yeah, you know that old interesting mayan old thing. mayan uh creation myth you know or you're interested in reading about the brewing of beer or something you know mm-hmm. the the history of beer i don't know whatever it's all interesting Look at you poet there's a shell silverstein book on your shelf shell silverstein you dude. read the fine you read you read the finest where the uh, sidewalk ends you read the highest the highest literature that's right so, I mean, are you interested in Buddhism? I mean, there's all kinds of books on that, you know? I don't know. We're Just whatever at, you're interested in. We're all looking at the Are you interested in <laughs> learning how to draw? You can do Ed Embry's yeah. drawing book. And so, you know, what's interesting about that is I, <laughs> we're looking at yourself. And I'm like, we did that episode on the lucid dreaming about a few months, like about maybe like six months ago or yeah. so, or nine months ago. Yeah. But one of my problems, I think, with it, one of the reasons why I wasn't successful with it is probably because I didn't understand this yet. And so I just couldn't, I wasn't able to put like the, the time, I wasn't putting the time into like getting better at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to, yeah. That, that, that is, <clears throat> which, which it now, if I was going to take these principles on how to live 24 hours a day, you know, I, you know, and if I wanted to be, if I was, if I wanted to learn about how to dream better and, and get more out of my dreams, then I could, that'd be a perfect topic of, of, of reflection. 
yeah. and study. Oh, yeah. that is, Actually, that would be a good one. You know, because you can really get immersed in that and you need that to even to even like apply to your dreams. You know, you can talk. We talk about it. But then when we time to, time to go to bed, time to go to sleep, it's like, oh, over, I'm saying it's it, done. And yeah. if you had like a dream journal and reflection, and you stuff, could actually yeah. look over the journal and like, oh, what dreams did I have this week? Yeah. And, instead and you'd of picking... like, what was that all about? And what could that mean? I mean, yeah. okay. So the ultimate idea of knowing thyself, like you were talking about the, the Ruark and the fish yeah. or the unconscious and the yeah. conscious mind. Yeah. Like your unconscious mind is like through your dream or, you know, this is what some totally. people think yeah. is reaching up and is making some kind of connection with your conscious mind as you dream. So, so. when you're on the train, instead of pulling the newspaper out and doing um, challenges, newspaper challenges, you can be reflecting on that crazy dream you had the previous night. Yeah. Well, think, yeah. See, yeah. that's why I spend so much time sleeping. Cause I'm trying to get good dreams. Yeah. You're trying, you're doing like, oh, I'm applying. I'm this, doing so. the work, dude. <laughs> Who needs books when you got a bed? <laughs> so anyway, like I said, if you're interested in history, there's lots of neat books and, you know, and all and or religion. I mean, if you're interested in the Bible, yeah, start reading the Bible. Sure. It's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough road. You know, it's it's you're gonna be reading about who begot this guy, and yeah, and you're gonna be reading about different laws, and oh, if you can have yeah. eat things with a cloven hoof or not, and and all this stuff. But it's but when over a period of time, all of a sudden you're like, dude, I just finished the Old Testament. That's or, true. That's true. You know, and all and like you know, how many people have accomplished that? Yeah, not a lot. That's funny. You yeah, know, or funny. if if you're interested in the New Testament, have you ever read? All the teachings of that that of Jesus in the Bible, Mark, probably I've not. read them all. No, but I'm saying a lot of people haven't. No, I don't. Doubt I know that. you have, Brandon. No, I haven't. I know you're a genius. Yeah, you're a super genius. Well, thanks for uh, suggesting that book, Mark. Bookmark. Get it, Mark. Thanks for suggesting. Thanks for suggesting that book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, no problem. So anyway, hopefully. Uh, this will uh, change my life or, you know, I'm going to start working on setting that time aside, you know, and in a way, like I said, there's different ways to not just because we have we have more things available to us. We can listen to books on tape and different oh, things. Yeah, there's no yeah, you don't you, there's no shortage. Yeah. So you can actually make time like I got a long drive into work. And actually, during work, I can even I cheat a little, and I I listen to yeah. books on yeah, tape. Cheater. Yeah. So yeah. his. So the 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 uh the eight hour work week or the eight hour work day that he's referring to, that's just like a general template. Yeah. A lot of a but lot I, of us have a lot more time than that. I think I think it still stands though. Sorry. Um. I feel like, I, but. I think it still stands the hour and a half of actually sitting down yeah. with a book to really, you know, outside of just listening to books on tape and different things, it would probably be valuable. So, okay. Anyway, so there's there's Arnold Bennett's book. Yeah, that was enjoyable. Thank you, Mark. 
and we will uh, get back next month. Yeah, the next one will be the next one will be great. Will it? Sure. Good. It better be. And we're going to be smarter. We're going to try to get. I'm going to work on getting this three months in a row. The Arnold Bennett system. Okay. Yeah. The nine. The, th- the nine month. Ninety days. So that would be. Oh, when, we're, when we next episode we do, we're going to be two different people. You're going to be like, who are these guys? They're really smart. But this is very boring, though. They're they're, they're freaking prigs. <laughs> who are these prigs? Have you gone the other direction? <laughs> <laughs> who are like all. Well, Brandon, as I've been studying, I believe. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so We're going to become total prigs. All right, guys. Well, we'll uh, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.